0: Improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. Go to calm.com AMR and for a limited time, get 40% off your Calm premium subscription with hundreds of hours of programming, unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and new content added every week. Fuzzy is a telehealth service that offers 24-7 personalized care from veterinary professionals. Get a free 7-day trial plus $20 off your first purchase of vet-recommended pet meds, supplements, treatments, and more. Go to yourfuzzy.com and use promo code AMR to get started.
1: Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner.
2: And I am Sarah Wassner Flynn. And Dimity, I'm thrilled to tell you that I ran for the first time in six weeks on Saturday. Yay, yay, how did it go? It went awesome. Yeah, I did a run walk. Of course, I'm not gonna just like jump in and start running five miles. Um, so I just kinda walked a little and then ran a little and the running felt fine. So I did it all in the treadmill because I'm afraid, you know, I'm gonna go outside and find another route to Trip, trip over and fall, but <laughs> I'm going to stick to the treadmill. But I I didn't have any pain during or after, so I take that as a good sign. So I was going to do like every other day. So today I'm going to go back out and and run again. So oh I my gosh, happy, yeah, to go into the new year being able to run, it's, it's able gift. to run. I
1: remember coming out of a boot of a stress fracture, and um, I you know, I mean, I definitely stayed in shape. Like I I had one of those um hospital shoes, you know, so not, so I took off the boot and put on like the hot, like, it's like a big, it's basically like a platform with like Velcro on top of it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and I put that on like a flat pedal of my bike and stayed in shape that way or did, did what I could. And I remember wanting, you know, that first run, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be so good and so fast and feel so good. And I, I just remember like it was like a, a balloon like deflating because you you mm-hmm. came back the right way a walk run at that point I was in the middle of training for a marathon and there was nothing more than I wanted to like just have a nice juicy like sixty minute run you know right um mm-hmm. and that is not the way to come back so um but I just remember. You 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 want I mean, you want I craved it so badly that I was just like, mm-hmm. it's gonna be great. And then um and then it wasn't. So exactly. the fact is is that you lowered your expectations and had a much better situation. Yeah, oh
2: yeah. My expectations are at zero at the moment. And I think I remember when I had a stress fracture way back in college, somebody saying like introducing mileage back at 10% per week, like increasing. So yeah. I don't know if that's still the, the standard. I haven't talked to my doctor yet, but I just gonna very slowly increase, but I did sign up for a half marathon in March. So that's like my goal is just to build my endurance and maybe get a little bit of speed back by March. So that's plenty of time, I hope. Yeah,
1: it is. It yeah. is. Well, good. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Nice work. Nice yeah. work. Well, and that's a great way. Like you said, you want to be running as we head into 2022. And so we are, you know, collectively getting, we're actually in 2022 right now when you're listening to this, we're recording it in 2021 though. Um, so mm-hmm. we are bouncing into 2022. Twenty-two. That new year, new you, um, you know, idea. Our former magazine writing gigs um, also are just like bouncing it around in our brain. That I mean, that headline is on every single cover of every women's oh, magazine yeah. for sure. Yeah, new year, mm-hmm. new you. Our mm-hmm. magazines, if they still existed, they don't really exist anymore. That anyway,
2: is still out there. You'll see them online if you know. It's, <laughs> a, a clickbait. So. Totally,
1: totally. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it could be your year is waiting, go get it. Or this is the year that you, you know, get faster, stronger, fitter, more organized, less stressed, fill in the blank with whatever goal that we think that we crave, but can't quite seem to wrap our head around.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, and like you said, it's the headline, it's the it's the selling point. But there's the meat of the article that's usually not super rich. Yes, so- how can we fix that? How can we change that? How can we tack our goals and and make these you know this year really our year?
1: Exactly. Well, and it's I mean it's important to I mean sometimes I think when we want to change habits you know um, it is it's so mundane sometimes that you feel like you know like I I've read the same piece of advice again and again and again right and it's like well is that really going to work and maybe it will because in fact that's why you read it 12,000 times right
2: mm-hmm. yeah i know and i love talking to experts and in my you know my other job i'm writing these articles a lot these service articles and i always you know, go with it with a fresh mindset. And when I'm trying to do that myself, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but my one goal is always become a morning runner, a morning exerciser. And so I've had different approaches and different things. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, you get all the advice from the experts, but it really comes down to you committing to it and really sticking to it and having the right time in your life to be able to stick to it. There's been times in my life with a newborn, I'm not getting up early. It just isn't happening. But now I do feel, with the new year coming and <laughs> off, we beat you the night that it's going to happen. So that's going to my- happen. And it reminds yeah. us, how old is your youngest now, Sarah? Oh, she's about to turn two. About so, to turn two. Okay. Yeah. So she's still little, but you know, the the days and nights of me not getting any sleep are gone. She's an awesome sleeper. She slept 14 hours the other day. Um. So I have really no excuses. I just have to, um, you know, set my day and structure my work day better and I know what I need to do and then hopefully talking to our guests will get some good insights and, and tips from them that I can apply to my life to like say yes at least three or four days a week I'm getting up and working out because if I save it till later my day, everything gets derailed. My attitude is different. My, you know, I just feel so much better when I get up and work out. But it's 100% how- that,
1: 100% <laughs> that I know. But you know what? The, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, I know that you feel like two is nothing. To me, a two-year-old feels like, um, I mean, I know it's not an infant, but it's definitely still a huge, huge piece of um, hands-on parenting all the time, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, but you know, when you're in it, it doesn't like, I see other people with like toddlers, Mm -hmm. multiple toddlers, like I used to have. And that seems to me like a lot, even though i lived already now, when I look at, at mom's I'm like, oh, wow, at least my older three are capable of doing almost everything by themselves these days, you know, getting up, getting dressed, getting to school. They don't need me as much. Whereas, you know, obviously fathers need you all the time. So I only have one of those. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's all perspective. It's It's all perspective. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: I totally get that feeling when I go to the airport and I'm like, I don't know how I did it. I really don't. I mean, I remember there was one time I was going to see... um, Oh, my friend Dan was running the Rock and Roll Phoenix Marathon and um, Mm -hmm. I was bringing Amelia. Amelia was a baby. Um, We had her car seat. I had a stroller. I must have had like a duffel bag or two plus the probably just one duffel bag plus the, of course, diaper bag that has everything except for what you need at that exact moment in it. Right. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, And running for the shuttle and like I. I, I don't. I don't even know how I did it, right? And I, I see people like that, you know. And I'm just like, wow. I my hats off to them. I mean, I try to, you know, sometimes give the nod of recognition or yeah, like, can I, I help you or whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, totally, totally. What well, you said, you said things are going to be different in 2022, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Are you one for
2: setting New Year's resolutions? Um, I think I am more of a goal setter resolution. I, you know, you again working in magazines, you're always trying to come up with different ways to spin it, and yeah. we. You know, don't say resolution, say goal, say set intentions instead. So it's not so hard and fast and it's not like a disappointment if you don't get it um, or you don't follow through with it. So yes, every to answer your question, I do set some kind of goal for myself um, every year. And I, I love looking back and thinking like, wow, I didn't think that was really possible, but I got it done and then I went on to something else. Um, but I haven't really thought about 2022 yet only because it's been like, oh yeah, life's been so crazy. And I just am trying to live life without mm, so much stress. And like, if I could just go through 2022, like without becoming a raving lunatic, which is, I feel like (laughs) where I am right now, like, well, you know, things will be good, you know, just like being present for my kids. Um, and being less stressed about little things that I can't control. Yes. Um, that's probably always like the hope with going yeah. into new year. But like, as far as athletic and fitness goals go, I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface yet because of my injury, but I have these like lingering thoughts in the back of my head that I will hopefully bring to fruition. So Good. what about you?
1: You know, I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever set resolute. I mean, I'm sure that I've definitely, uh, set them in the past. I have not set one that I can remember of any, you know, in the last decade. Um, you know, I think stuff comes up. Uh, that's a good question. I, the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. set goals for myself and I definitely, you know, but it's kind of based on the, um, either the thing, the, the, the thing that I want to reach, like, you know, an athletic event or, um, an article or, I mean, I know, I think that, um, I'm good at working in chapters, I guess, is how I would Mm -hmm. describe it, you know, like I like a new chapter of a life or a a new chapter in my life, I should say, you know, Um, and then I hit that and then I see what see what the next chapter brings. I don't. Mm -hmm. That's not a super helpful answer. I'm the one that wrote the question. (laughs) I should have had a better answer. But anyway, Well, we're not against creating new habits, of course, or polishing up routines so that you can feel strong, fast, organized, or whatever else you're needing. Um, we just mm-hmm. know that the devil is in the details, like Sarah said, and, and in the routines and not in the flashy headlines. So today we're gonna help you um, by bringing on two guests who know the ins and outs about creating habits. Dr. Michelle Trotter Matheson, a psychologist in St. Paul, and Ellie Kempton, a dietitian in Denver. They also coincidentally both have accessible, detail-rich programs starting this Monday on uh, January 10th in our Train Like a Mother Club. But um, whether or not you wanna join us for those programs, you're gonna get a lot out of this episode, so stay tuned.
0: A swirl of emotions surface during this time of year. Happiness, sadness, joy, excitement, stress, the list is endless. Be sure to take time for yourself now and all the time and make sure you bolster your mental wellness. Take a break with CALM. We're longtime partners with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. And because I believe in Calm so profoundly for my own mental well-being. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. There are so many times of day and ways to use Calm. Do like I do and clear your head with guided daily meditations. Improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks. And drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. And when you go to calm.com slash amr, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming with new content added every week. I even used calm on my family's recent trip to Costa Rica. Despite being in paradise, I felt anxious. So I sat on our hotel room balcony and gazing at sunset tinted clouds. I did a 10 minute daily calm meditation. Not only did it ease my anxiety, it also allowed me to be more fully present in the gorgeous setting and appreciate where I was. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com AMR. Go to calm.com AMR for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com AMR. Our pets, a Frenchie plus two cat brothers are the light of our family's life. If you're a pet parent, you get exactly what I mean. Fuzzy knows there's nothing that compares to being greeted by a wagging tail or waking up to a gentle, sometimes insistent meows, and that we want to keep our pets healthy and make them as happy as they make us. That's why we've teamed with Fuzzy, and they're offering a free seven day trial plus $20 off your first purchase at yourfuzzy.com using promo code AMR. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24 7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. Fuzzy has the answers pet parents need. Through live chat and virtual vet consultations available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Fuzzy can answer your pet questions big and small, urgent and every day. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to Fuzzy members. From getting your pet's diet dialed just right, to meeting their middle of the night needs, to finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way, nothing is too big or small for a quick fuzzy call. With everyone becoming pet parents in the past two years, it's next to impossible to get an appointment with an in-person veterinarian. So fuzzy is exactly what my family needs to keep Augie, Leo, and Pablo healthy and happy. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven-day trial plus $20 off your first purchase of vet-recommended pet meds, supplements, treatments, and more. Go to yourfuzzy.com and use promo code AMR to get started. That's Y-O-U-R-F-U-Z-Z-Y.com with promo code AMR.
2: Our first guest is Dr. Michelle Trotter Matheson, a psychologist in St. Paul who works with a range of issues from decreasing anxiety to increasing resiliency. She's also trained in the daring way Brene Brown's methodology that focused, among other things, on developing daily practices that transform the way we live, love, parent, and lead. Michelle is also a leader of Moms on the Run and the mom of two kids. So welcome, Michelle.
3: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
1: So Michelle, before we dive into habits, um, tell us, how do you plan on ringing in the new year, um, knowing that we are recording again in 2021 right now, so the ball has not officially dropped?
3: Yes, yeah. So um, I have two little boys. They're six and nine. My son just turned nine on Saturday, so that's exciting for him and us. So they love to be outside, and we live in Minnesota, so we'll definitely be embracing winter and doing something like ice skating, or sledding, and then they love to have hot cocoa with tons of whipped cream and warm up, <laughs> and warm, like warm up inside uh, by the fire, um, and we will definitely not be staying up till midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, those kids are young enough still to where midnight yeah. doesn't feel exciting. Like,
1: I, I, yeah. I can't, what age is that? Have your, has your oldest one, Sarah, wanted to stay up till midnight?
2: Oh, yes, I and mean, he's 13, so I think he's done it for like the past two years at least, and okay. then last year the girls did They're a lot. They were only 10 and seven at the time, but yeah, they were definitely into staying up till midnight. They thought that, and now they go to sleepovers
3: and, you know, staying up till midnight is cool. So, Oh
2: yeah, totally. Yeah. I think the boys would
3: think it was so fun, but I don't know how well it would go for them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the morning time, the morning hangover. That's, that's rough. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, habits. So when you look at the self-help shelf these days, it seems like every book has the word habit in it. There's atomic habits, the power of habit, tiny habits. So why do you think habit formation is trending right now?
3: Yeah. I think people are really hungry to make changes in their lives that really support their values and the way that they'd like to feel. Um, But I think that we can feel like there are so many things that we need to tend to. So families, work, you know, training, all of these things. So we can feel so busy and we can have these great intentions, but really struggle to to really turn those intentions into actions that go on to create habits. Um, So it doesn't always feel easy to do to create habits, especially when we're relying on old myths, like that we need to rely only on willpower and our motivation. And then also the old myth that if we fail, it's our fault. So I think those are some of the reasons why it's appealing to people. And I think the good news now is that we have um, access to so much great research about the psychology of habit change that we don't just need to rely on willpower which is a finite resource sure, <laughs> rather sure. And learn about like, what are the nuts and bolts of habit formation um, that we can learn that can really help habits work for us and really help, you know, them to support our lives.
1: So do you feel like Michelle, the pandemic is like helped or hurt habit foundation? Cause I mean, we have, it feels like everybody's like, Oh, I have more time. Right. Cause they're not commuting yeah. or they're not, you know, there's less social interaction, but then I also f- feel like the day, um, when left to an unstructured day, to me, does
3: not support habits very well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting question. I think during the pandemic, it's gone a lot of different ways for people. I think one piece is that it, when everything sort of just stopped in March of is it 2020, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then I think it gave people an opportunity to reflect a little bit and kind of look at what they wanted in their lives. And so I've talked to a number of women um, who have like this was a time where they started a bunch of habits, but also it was a time where if you were feeling really overwhelmed, you could just kind of take it a little bit more slowly usually. And so that you're right. Doesn't always lend itself to habits. Like we can, I think lots of people have formed some habits that they don't appreciate <laughs> during, sure. the, during the mm-hmm. pandemic or that aren't benefiting them and that what they want for their lives. Just,
1: just one more episode. Just one more episode. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the worst. That's the worst. Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh, man, yes. I did that last night with uh, Sex and the City old episodes and I they just go one into the other and they're so I short. I was like, okay, 20 more minutes. And then sudden, <laughs> yeah. So, totally. yeah. Um, so I don't think many of us lack the good intentions of getting more sleep, eating better, running regularly, doing strength training more, but knowing its benefits and contemplating doing it is one thing but actually making it part of your daily routine is totally another. So can you talk about the disconnect between intention and action and where most of us get tripped up?
3: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, I think you're right. We all want good things for ourselves. We want to be more present with our families, um, exercise, maybe meditate, sleep well. Um, but we have such busy lives that it can be hard to do all the things. (laughs) So I think that there's a couple of ways that most of us get tripped up when it comes to turning our intentions into action. And so the first one is that when we want to make a big change, we offer, we often, or when we want to make a habit change, we often aspire to make big, huge changes. Um, So often by the time we're ready to make a change, we're ready for it to be different. We're ready to have already been able to Run faster or get a faster 5K time, or have already made strength training a habit, you know, three or four times a week, or already get that perfect eight hours a night of sleep. Um, But it really is important to start small and build on those small uh, wins. Um, And then, second, I think we're really often our own worst critics. And instead of seeing what doesn't work in habit formation as like grist for the mill. So let's say you started, tried to start a morning exercise habit and you're really struggling with getting up in time to get the exercise in and get off to work. Um, Instead of seeing that as something that we can learn about ourselves and learn about what would work better for us in habit formation, we tend to kind of, you know, throw in the towel and then feel bad about ourselves and feel like we failed. So I think kind of that lack of um, what we call in psychology self compassion can be really a piece that that we struggle with. Um, and then the third would be the lack of knowledge about um, kind of the nuts and bolts of habit formation. Um, so then we think we just have to rely on our willpower and motivation to make it work. When really there is some really good information out there about how. We can break down a routine that we want to make into a habit and really make it work for us. Um, And then the last one is just that we have this grandiose idea maybe, but we can struggle to get really specific about how are we going to make that? What are the specific steps to make that into a habit?
2: Mm -hmm. So do you recommend as far as the steps go or like... There's something like that you c- concrete and tangible that we could do like a vision board or like writing it down. Like how can we actually yeah. like see those steps so that we're more, you know, set up to actually tackle
3: them? Yeah, those are both really great ideas. And so I think the piece there would be what fits the best for your particular learning style or planning style. So for me, I'm more of an external processor. So what would be really helpful first would be to like talk to a friend about like, here's what I'm thinking, here's my motivation, um, and then to go and write it down. Like, here's the steps, like here will be my cue. I'll get up in the morning and then there will be my shoes for exercising in my clothes. And then here will be the next thing I do. And then here will be my reward. So, um, you know, I think so often it's. It's um, just sort of esoteric, whatever it is that we want to get done. But if we can really break it down and and write it down or talk with a friend or I like the vision board idea, too.
1: Mm -hmm, Nice. Well, one of the biggest um, rules about habit formation is making it easy um, or in more sophisticated language, reducing friction. That's something you see. Yep. Where friction is stuff like distance, time and effort. Um, I know uh, when I come across an endurance athlete, you know, I think we endurance athletes think things need to be hard in order to be effective. But in fact, that's not the case here. Can you talk a little bit about making it easy?
3: Yes, absolutely. So that's one of the really interesting things about the latest research about habit formation is that we really do want to keep it easy in a variety of different ways And I'll explain what I mean by that. But first, I want to say that I, too, struggle from some of that, what we call all or nothing thinking. Like, you know, if I think about I'm getting a Peloton delivered today, for example. So I'm like, I'm going to do it five days a week for this many times. And here are the rides I'm going to do. But I know that for habit formation, what's really going to help me is to start small and have reward myself along the way. Either that's by like saying, great job, you did it or it's like a tangible reward. Like here's what I would do afterward um, that can really help. And then other ways to kind of reduce that friction are to like think of all the ways we can make the habit easy. So um, you can set your clothes out the night before, you can put your exercise things in an area that's appealing to you that is right on your way to your shower in the morning. like. All the like little ways um, when things are easy, just like the example that you gave, um, Sarah gave about uh, watching old sex in the city habits. Like it's so easy to do that because it's cued right up, right, right afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that, that's sure. like an example that we talk about when we talk about how to change a habit is to make it hard. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the ways we can kind of think about making it easy yeah. and making it appealing.
1: When I, yeah. I remember one of the things that I used to do, and I'm, I'm interested in your take on this, Michelle. So yeah. Um when I lived in uh, Brooklyn and I um commuted to a job in New York City um and I knew that I um I know we've talked a little bit about exercising in the afternoon versus in the morning around here. Um and uh so I knew that I could, I didn't go to the gym in the morning but I would drop my gym bag by and like lock oh, it up there. Like and it was this is all on foot and very um convenient, right? Like it's not like I had to drive, I had to walk a block out of my way to put my gym bag away. Yeah. Um so then I had to go pick it up, right? I had to be there. Um, Um, i had to you know to show up and so i'm curious like is that too complicated or is that like a good example of like creating
3: making it easier because i gotta show up to get the clothes yeah i would say it's not too complicated if it worked for you like if it didn't go out of your way and it worked for you like the moment that habit set in motion was when you put those clothes and locked it up yeah like you know like you don't have to then Draw on all that willpower after work. Okay, now I gotta i I have to debate and see if I want to go do it. But like, you just have it ready, and you've already started that habit into motion. So I think that's a great strategy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that strategy, Dimity. I Thanks. feel like I've done stuff like that before too. Where it's like, you know, you have to do it, and then once you're there, you're like, okay, fine. It's, it's fine, just I'm, here. It. I'm Just gonna do it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean a lot of it's yeah.
1: like it's keeping your gym clothes in your car. I mean, I think that's the that's the translation from my single days, right? Um, <laughs> you know, but it, I think it's you know there's something about that where you're just like okay, making it easy-ish, but still you know, and so that you have to show up. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: So um, Michelle, you mentioned um, talking to a friend. So you know, we're <laughs> I'm all about account- accountability. Uh, yes. It helps me so much. I have a friend group uh, text that we're just we're just, we call ourselves from the beginning of the pandemic quarantine fit, because we're like, oh, we're stuck at home God. and you know, we're, we we can not work out together right now. Cause we are all, you know, still distancing and everything. So I have that. And I have to tell you that like on the hardest days, I just have to like put something out there and I get yeah. three or four friends saying, okay, come on, I'll get on the bike with you too, or whatever. We're going to get on the Peloton together. So can you talk a little bit about why accountability is so important?
3: Yeah. So it's important for a variety of different reasons. Um, So about, I'll tell a story about five years ago, I joined a running group. um, And prior to that, I had run sort of episodically throughout my twenties. So, and and thirties. So I would like pick a race, train for it, and then kind of not know what to do after that. I didn't grow up an athlete. So I just started running in my twenties, but once I joined that group I kind of ran, I've ran continuously for those five years, even through our Minnesota winters, which I kind of never thought that I would do. And I think part of the reason that social support was so important is that um, one is that you get something social out of it. So when I go running, or maybe when you hop on your bike with your friends, even when you're distanced, you're connected, you're connected to something larger, um, and you get something out of just that part of it. Um, So sometimes when I go to running to my running group, um, I can feel like, oh, it took hardly anything for me to get here in terms of willpower because I thought about, oh, I'm going to have a nice chat with this person or I'm going to feel wonderful afterwards. All of those pieces are are there. Um, And then the other pieces like who we surround ourselves with really influences our habit. Our habits. So if you had a a group chat that was like quarantine baking, like you might (laughs) do a lot more baking and like that. So the people that you're around are talking about running or they're talking about exercise and they're making it a normal part of their life. So all of a sudden it becomes more like, oh, I could do that too, or it becomes more normalized. Um, Mm -hmm. So that idea that the people we surround ourselves with can really influence our habits in positive or not so positive, positive ways.
1: Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Well, so speaking of accountability, and here comes the program preview, we want to tell you about Creating Habits That Stick, a new four-week interactive program that Michelle is designing for us and another mother runner in the Train Like a Mother Club. Michelle, can you tell us how we're structuring it and what you want people to get out of it?
3: Yeah, so I'm really excited to offer um, Creating Habits That Stick to the AMR community Um, So we just talked about social support. So we'll be tapping into that power of social support and we'll have accountability buddies um, to check in with each week or more than that, help with encouragement and building momentum. And then another key piece, reframing those stumbling blocks as opportunities to learn, which is something we can struggle with really individually, Mm -hmm. but it's easier in groups. Um, And then you'll have Um, written materials that will help you to put pen to paper um, and kind of integrate everything we know about habits into your own life and work specifically on the habits that you want to build for your life so we can really personalize it. Um, And then as a psychologist, I'm all about self-reflection and self-knowledge. So we'll really try to encourage that, you know, applying what you know about yourself to help personalize your own process for creating and maintaining habits. That really support your values. Um, and then I'll help you to um, really link those habits to your, your personal why. So like when things get tough, why did you want to start this? Why do you want to do these kinds of habits? Um, and then my hope is that by presenting all this information and research about habits, we'll help to take the guesswork out of turning our good intentions into these great habits. Um, and we, we know that that our knowledge about behavior change is important, but even more so is that implementation piece, like trying and seeing what works. And we really know that that's an important piece.
0: I love it. And I, I just love, love
3: to support people in in developing that's habits great. that really support their lives. That's great.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited about offering this and it doesn't necessarily, your habit, like you can come in with a couple habits that you want to polish up or or begin um it doesn't necessarily have to be about exercise so if it's about meditation or sleep or how you tend to a relationship in your life or i mean it can be anything really because the basic structure of habit formation is not different if you want to make sure that you do your
3: push-ups versus how you parent your kid right it's it's absolutely yes it will be everything we learn will be really generalizable to all sorts of habits that you want to create. And yeah, I would really encourage people to bring whatever that is important to them to the table. And it certainly just doesn't need to be about exercise. Nice.
1: Well, thank you, Michelle, we look forward to it. The program starts on uh, Monday, this Monday, January 10th. Um, so we will uh, we'll be seeing you over there and i um, looking forward to hanging out with you and tapping into your expertise.
3: Yes, great, I'm so excited to start. It was great to, to talk with you today. Thanks.
1: Thanks so much,
3: Michelle. Okay. next up, we
1: have a familiar voice around another mother runner. We're welcoming Ellie Kempton, a dietitian who oversees Simply Nourish, Like a Mother, Metabolic Reset and Metabolic Renewal in the Train Like a Mother Club, a former elite swimmer and current all-around badass athlete. Ellie is one of the most intentional people that I know. She calls herself a lifestyle architect focusing on functional nutrition therapy, which is a lot of multisyllabic words, but it's very intentional. <laughs> um, and so her materials and her perspective are thick with ideas to simplify your routine so you can focus on creating the habits that help you thrive. So um welcome, Sorry, <laughs> we're, we're figuring it out. So Sarah, go ahead and say welcome, Ellie.
2: Uh, welcome, Allie. i so excited to talk to you. I read so much about your programs and I'm just a big fan. So I'd like to hear, first of all, what are your plans for ringing in the new year?
4: Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, what an intro. I, I'll just stick with the badass. I think I, that was my favorite <laughs> um, title, but Dimity, you know this really well about me and Sarah, this might be Kind of shocking to you, but I am a huge introvert. So I am scampering up to the mountains with maybe two or three of my best friends. And I might just drink some bubbles and go to bed at 9 p.m., which I don't know. Is that a problem? <laughs> That's
1: not a problem. That's not a problem. As long as two yeah. or three of your best friends are up, at least there's one four-legged in the mix
2: there.
4: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. We got him. We got him in. Yeah. Okay. What,
2: what All right. are you scampering up to? Where are you? I area.
4: am going to head up to Grand Lake, Colorado. Nice. Yeah, so it's,
2: very nice and snowy there too. Oh,
4: right. yes. You've got to have some thick skin for those, you know, 10 degree days, but so worth it. And it's kind of what I need to recalibrate. It's, it's part of my rhythm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice.
1: Okay, so in the intro, I said you're a badass. And I also said you're the (laughs) one of the most intentional people Mm -hmm. that I know. So to me, and probably to many of us listening who have taken one of your programs, your habits seem to be rock solid. So does that come easy to you? Or is that something that you had or have to continue to work on?
4: Well, I think that's a really good question. And I definitely think it began when I was a little athlete. Um, I was a swimmer at a really young age and I really feel like that primed me and maybe it imprinted on me this deep craving for a routine. I remember as a little 10 year old, I'd wake up for 5.00 AM swim practice and I, I wouldn't second guess it. It was just part of my routine. And I didn't know it at the time, but I acted more stressed and more needy and more anxious when I was in off season. And so now as I aged and through adulthood, I've kind of realized that routine is what taps me into my flow zone. And so I think my my deepest longing has been to create a routine that's a reflection of my values. And I think the women I really look up to the most have rock solid habits. And so I've really committed a lot of time to understanding what is it that makes a routine rock solid. And it doesn't just come overnight. I feel like it's come with lots of therapy, lots of self-reflection and (laughs) lots of really, I think just putting on my wellies and really digging in to do the hard work. And I think the piece that's really been the most impactful for building this rock solid routine is getting rid of what no longer serves me. It's like the excavation process first. Hmm.
2: So when it comes to nutrition and habits that can kind of feel like a double whammy. So if you're constantly peering into an empty fridge or grabbing your lunch (laughs) gas station, it's hard to even begin to think that you can form sustainable habits around nutrition. So big question, but where do you start?
4: Yeah. It starts with exactly what I just described, which is this habit audit kind of taking stock. And I love how Michelle talked about that, taking stock of what it is that your habits are because it's so unbelievably difficult. It's like trying to plant new seeds in rocks when you don't even understand kind of what the habits are that make walking into a convenience store or even choosing food off of a menu so difficult. So I think starting with, well, what are my habits and deciding which ones that you already have serve you or especially those around food. Cause I think often we don't even pause to celebrate the huge, amazing decisions we are making that are serving us and then illuminating and looking at the ones that don't so that you feel like you have somewhere to start. Cause sometimes when I feel like I'm trying to create a new routine and I'm really trying to create this intentionality, it feels so overwhelming that I don't even want to start if I don't know what the first habit is that needs to change. So, uh, you know, an example is, I think just what you described, like walking into a, a grocery store and not knowing kind of even what decision to make. And I think if you take stock of your habits and you're thinking, you know what, I would love to eat more vegetables. And you're going to hear, we're, we're hearing so many much messaging about that right now, right? Like, sure. Just eat vegetables. But if you take stock of your day and realize that you have, that that's one habit that you want to start with, then you walk into the store and you take a little tour around the outside of the store first. And right then and there, that's a habit change that you could make more resilient if that's the very first thing you do when you walk in the store. Mm
1: -hmm. Nice. Well, so back in the day, I used to think it was all about willpower. And Michelle talked about that uh, a little bit as well. Um, But, you know, I was just on my shoulders to say no to four chocolate chip cookies and a Diet Coke (laughs) at 2 p.m., right? When I was just like, couldn't keep my head off my keyboard, right? Um, And I didn't know that my physiology and my previous meals that day had anything to do with it. You, of course, have taught me very differently and taught Mm -hmm. um, hundreds of others, thousands of others, actually, how to do it differently. So can you tell us where willpower belongs in a more nourished body? Does it even belong there? Yeah.
4: I I hear willpower a lot, especially in the world of nutrition. I hear so many countless stories of just feeling like at the end of the day there's no willpower left. And to me, willpower is a reflection of needs not met. And so I I think it's not meant to be the tool that makes you successful if only you're just a little stronger, if you could just hold out a little longer. I almost think of I think a good analogy for willpower is maybe you use it to ignite the engine, but then you need a routine, which is the gas in the tank to keep you going all day. And so I think this this lends itself to then ask that question that I alluded to in the beginning is how can we make sure that your routine meets your needs so that then all you need is maybe a tiny bit of willpower, just the just enough willpower to, you know, take that walk around the outside of the store first, or put your shoes out and your workout stuff out out of your bedroom door, so that you just have that much willpower, and then the routine itself takes over. And what's so nice about this, and something I talk about a lot in my programming, and I love to reinforce, is the idea that you you absolutely don't have to do routine overhauls either. I think you need enough willpower to put a simple habit into place, but you're working on just that one habit. I think willpower comes into place when we're trying to overhaul our routines or when we're trying to change too much all at once. And that's not my, that's not how I operate when I teach new habits. It's Picking out one tiny little thing, maybe you need a little bit of traction with a little bit of push to get started in that direction. But the habit is so simple and it's so well defined in your life that you then get the sweet victory of success because it just took a tiny bit of willpower.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned the grocery store, you know, walking around the outside. I love that advice because. I tend to go to the bad stuff first. And so it's always good to go to the side. right. You're
4: human. Yeah. Few, you have a pulse. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, just going to a restaurant and looking at a menu, it can still feel pretty overwhelming. So how do you bring the idea of these tangible small steps to your program?
4: Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to do this. In my programming, as maybe why I call myself an architect, is I lay out a roadmap and I create a scenario where everyone under my care sees the big picture of where we're heading, how we're going to get there so that they feel like they're my co-pilots and they're not just my passengers. But then we slow things down. We take the car into first gear instead of sixth and we take one habit or one concept at a time. And with the momentum of our colleagues and our team, which Michelle alluded to, and I love that we troubleshoot one new habit at a time until it's resilient. So in the beginning, we're all pretending that it's working, right? We almost have to like, just kind of just try something new on for size with a sense of humor. And then by the time you're ready to move to the next habit, you're defending what you learned. If somebody were to second guess it or challenge you on it and say, wait, you've never used to shop the outer aisle of the store. Wait, you never e- used to eat vegetables at breakfast. Who are you? You would defend it because it made you feel that much better and you no longer even have to decide that that's part of your routine that you, it, it takes no willpower at that point. And it's part of your architecture to your day that you go from pretending to defending. And then we go stepwise into other habits until at the end of our time together, it's kind of like you've created an architecture of freedom because you have so much less to think about as you make your way through the day.
2: Nice. Nice. You make it sound so uh, amazing. I mean, it makes me very excited to to embark on something like this with you. Yeah.
4: Well, good. I'm looking forward to having you as my (laughs) co-pilot. Yeah.
1: awesome um well so um i mean ellie you've talked about that you t- you just brought up bre- vegetables at breakfast and you know you know me i've sat next to you for a long time i do not have a poker face and i probably winced <laughs> every time you did that um but now if you look at me now fast forward the new dimity um i mean i put arugula in my scrambled eggs i put roasted broccoli in my um mostly in my i always put vegetables in my eggs i'm a pretty much a, a creature pat- or pattern there but um but like it took some time, right? Even though, so I want you to talk a little bit about the the patience and progress. And like again, like because I think we come into this time of year and being like, okay, I'm going to eat really crappy until you know 11:59 on December 31st, and then on January 1, I'm going to change everything, and it's going to all yeah. stick, and it's all it's going to all be great, and I'm going to feel so much better. And yeah. um and that's not how the process works. It's not, and 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 it's so hard because. Of course you want that and of course we want that for you but that's unfortunately not how sustainable change happens right
4: not at all in fact our brain is wired to quite the opposite our brain is wired to resist anything new. So no wonder you were cringing and wincing every time I was saying, Dimony, we're going to throw spinach in those eggs and you're going to throw cauliflower in your smoothies. And, you know, here I am doing this song and dance. And I'm so glad you didn't have a poker face because what I was seeing is a normal and to be expected response from you and and our psychology to resist something new, even if it is life-giving because anything new is a form of threat to our body. Our body wants to adhere to routine. And if you wake up and your favorite breakfast is a bagel and cream cheese, and you're headed out the door, then I don't know, adding kale to your bagel and cream cheese, (laughs) no wonder that's a form of threat, right? So I appreciate and almost honor and value the fact that our biology is wired to resist change. And so we've got to nurture that change and coddle our, our psychology a little bit to A, evaluate the habits that we want to swap out. So I keep coming back to this and I probably sound like a broken record player now, but we can't just tack new habits onto old and expect them to fit perfectly. We've got to create a beautiful place to put the new habits. So our time together entailed us looking at your breakfast, Dimity, and deciding, well, maybe what what about it could be molded and shaped in a way where the vegetable fits perfectly and it doesn't feel like we're trying to stick a square peg in a round hole. It felt, felt almost like what we decided for you and what you now describe proudly to be your breakfast took a little bit of removing one element and putting it, putting the vegetable component in. And then it took you patiently and dare I say, playfully practicing it until it actually felt safe. And again, you, pre- you had to pretend that you were good with it for a hot second before you were to defend it. And the power of us having the time and space. I mean, how many times do you and identity have to tell the group if this feels silly, simple, good. If this feels like maybe we're going too slow, good. If it feels like you're the only one who's, you know, maybe finding stumbling blocks in the road and hitting ditches. You're not, because when you post your question about hating vegetables in your breakfast, I guarantee 20 other women are going <laughs> to jump in and chime in with their success story. So I think it starts with you understanding what mercilessly gets edited out to make space for this new habit. And how can you nurture your psychology to honor the fact that it's, it's new and it's, it's, dare I say, scary until it's safe.
1: Yeah, totally, yeah.
2: totally. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking ahead to January. We have several birthdays in my family. So I know like there's going to be setbacks in my future. Let's say like intend to to eat more vegetables or whatever it is. And then we hit January and there's five birthdays in a row. So how do you deal with those kinds of setbacks when they seem to lurk around every corner?
4: Oh, Sarah, you're going <laughs> to love this. This is not called a setback. This is what we call sparkle. And what you're looking at in the month of January is lots of sparkle, and sparkle fits. I always call sugar and anything that you feel like maybe is a little bit more fanciful and less functional, we call it sparkle. And it's supposed to fit into the functional element of our day. Sparkle embellishes our lives, it adds joy, it's part of wellness. But when we're experiencing glitter bombs going off all day long, and there's no there's no architecture for functional food, then of course it doesn't feel as good. And it almost makes us feel anxious about it. So in my world, the way I teach nutrition, I create a system where there's enough functional life-giving fuel that sparkle is to be expected and it's cherry on top and it doesn't derail you
2: okay
4: i love
1: that i love it i love the sparkle more sparkle <laughs> more circle <laughs> <the> sparkle. yes <laughs> yeah. okay ellie i did some math now i'm not very good at math but i use my fingers and 2022 <laughs> is the sixth year we are offering simply nourish like a mother which cra- is crazy to me um so can you i mean can you talk a little bit about how the program has evolved but you also have kept its very nourishing roots like this the actual stuff that you the material, I shouldn't call it stuff, the material <laughs> that you teach is so, you know, the foundation of it hasn't changed, but, but you've definitely um, upgraded everything as far as like the materials, the length of time we're doing it, the amount mm-hmm. of interaction we have. So you want to just talk a little bit, give us a little trip through history, simply, simply nourish like a mother history.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. I cannot believe it's been six years. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. I've done to simply nourish like a mother, what I describe to be the essence of habit formation. I have mercilessly edited it. And you know, this Timothy to a fault. I'm sure you maybe have a little <laughs> sigh when every year I'm emailing you new and edited materials, edited materials, because I can't help but tailor the materials to what I see being most successful, not only timeline wise, but what's speaking to my group. I'm just taking notes every day on what I'm seeing really sparks the most transformational excitement around food. Cause I, I loathe teaching nutrition in a way that you've heard it time and time again. I'm not going to come in and just tell you to eat vegetables because they're good for you. That's beating a dead horse. We come at it from a really creative, impactful way. And you walk away with tools that have been refined and polished and refined and polished in a way that I could imagine you and you can imagine using them for the rest of your life, because I've never once taught a diet. I create a lifestyle that nurtures new habits, especially as it pertains to food and lifestyle. So simply nourish like a mother in a nutshell is really the encapsulation of my best work. It's what I teach day in and day out in private practice. But what I've noticed is it's far more impactful when I teach it to women in a group, because when women see each other and when they hear each other and when they nurture each other, just the accountability piece alone, which Michelle spoke to, that in and of itself is a breeding ground for change. But then when you're given the infrastructure and when I step in and walk beside you and just tell you exactly what to do and I hold your hand and I'm your sounding board, that it's a game changer. And so simply nourish like a mother takes you step by step through vegetables and proteins and carbs and fats and really debunks a lot of myths and some of the messaging that we get around those around food and our bodies and I help you understand really from from the biochemistry of your body. This is where I have my invisible propeller hat on the entire way and I'm teaching you why the food you're consuming is so impactful, why it matters to you in a really approachable way, and then I hold your hand toward a place where you are defending what I taught you so that you no longer need me. It's it's a really gratifying process.
1: Um, I just wish that, uh, you know, my kids, I try to, you know, get them on the, I, I have gotten them on the vegetable board for sure. And I try to defend it or try to. They never ask me about it. I guess so I don't have to defend it. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say here. I'm like, how am I going to say this in a way that like I wish I had to defend it to them, but they'll get there. Yeah, they'll get there. They so
4: anyway. and Dimity, how cool has it been? I light up, and I know you do too, when we watch story after story of moms not even having to say anything, but then they're posting pictures about their kids, you know, shy, they're sheepishly asking for what they made, which happens to be like a really healthy cookie or, you know, whatever, whatever I'm passing out. It's so fun to see this become a cultural shift in the family unit where you start to just make this routine and ritual that the rest of the family follows suit. So I know in working with the woman who signs up for the program, I'm actually working with their entire family. And I secretly love that.
1: Yes, yeah. totally. And I should say, I mean, my kids are like, I've definitely integrated some things for sure, Simply Nourished into their lives that they don't, they just don't know about. But yeah. um, so I shouldn't say like they're like, kicking it to the cr- Yeah, see, yeah all it's all secret, walking, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. But they don't know that it doesn't hurt them, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Well, thank you, Ellie. So Simply Nourished Like a Mother um, is an eight-week program and Creating Habits That Stick is a four-week program. Both are starting this Monday on January 10th. So if you're looking for some accessible, community-based help with creating and polishing a new routine for yourself, we would love to have you. Links are going to be in the show notes, um, or you can head to anothermotherrunner.com and look under the training menu and um, and sign up there because, uh, you know, we new year, new you, but in a new way that is going to help you build from the foundation up and actually um, make the changes that are going to complement your life. So looking forward to it. Happy New Year, you guys. Thanks for joining us today.
4: Bye. Oh, thank you. So fun.